What up? Here we go again. This is a Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. It has been a wonderful week, and what a great weekend uh, of, of college football, finishing it off, getting the bowl schedule out. Uh, as I told you guys this last week, I, I thought I was going to be uh, postponed by a day uh, just because I wanted to make sure that we had enough of the bowl games out. I wanted to get my thoughts. I wanted to see uh, who, if we would have two teams in the college football playoff, which we do in the Big Ten. And I'm excited to be to bringing to be bringing you that and so much more. A uh, little little I guess life update. Yeah, I did. I uh, this last weekend I did go to uh, my first ever NFL game. Uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Decided to go down to that game, uh, and so I was getting alerts as the as the bowl games were being announced. So uh, what a fun time! Uh, never been to, to an NFL game. A lot of fun, and uh, what a great weekend of football. I mean, I had a great weekend uh, down in Las Vegas. So let's jump into it. We're going to talk a little bit about the the title game. Not much to discuss. Pretty much the, what what we thought was going to happen happened. Uh, spoiler makers tried and. Uh, we're unsuccessful, uh, but kind of story of the season uh, with Jeff Brown and that squad there. Uh, there's always just something missing there, but uh, we'll be going into that. Uh, obviously, talking about the two teams in the playoffs, the playoff system, and then I want to touch briefly on the transfer portal, and then we'll kind of tee it off uh, for the bowl season. And the holiday season. I mean, we, we forget a little bit about that. It is the holiday season. It is um, to, uh, time of recording is December 5th. So, uh, you know, happy holidays to, to all of you guys out there. And, and big, big warm welcome and, and a big warm thank you uh, from the football fo- football podcast, uh, Focus Podcast. Here we go. So let's jump into the title game. So like we said, uh, our prediction was 35-21, touchdown in the end. Near perfect. I mean, we were we were a couple points off uh, on both of the scores. Bad bet alert, I guess, on on my part. Uh, the scoring that last touchdown. I, I understand it. Uh, you know, I I don't think it's is inappropriate in any way. Or, you know, the what about the kids argument that they talk about? Uh, if you think you're going to be going to a title game and you think that a team's going to go easy on you, then then you're delusional. But we're going to talk about Michigan and and you know Harbaugh got a lot of crap, and I've always been a defender of Harbaugh. I uh, for those of you Michigan fans out there, you you know this is uh, once when Rich Rodriguez took over. Uh, he tried to change Michigan. He tried to replicate what he did at, at West Virginia. And growing up watching those West Virginia teams, there was just something special. Uh, we've seen this over and over again with the you know the group of five teams uh, back in the day. University of Utah, really special 2008 season, uh, beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Really, really special. Uh, you look back at the Boise State teams, I guess Utah before that too, but you look at the Boise State teams beating Oklahoma, really special teams. Uh, of late, you look at like a UCF um, who who kind of made the run. Uh, you look at Cincinnati who who also, you know, made, made that run, uh, you know, group of five team and I feel like when the when the Mountaineers were in the Big East, you know, it, it was just special. It was kind of it was kind of kismet, right? It was just kind of there in the moment. They were good, and that's just how it was. And he tried to duplicate that, and and like Scott Frost was unsuccessful in, in duplicating that. Uh, it, and 
it takes a special person to, to a special coach, a special program, a, a special administration to buy in 100% on the program. Once when Rich Rod was fired, Brady Hoke attempted, uh, unsuccessfully, but attempted to, to revive the program. Uh, I thought he made too big of a deal of the rivalry with Ohio State and... Uh, he never really, and never really felt focused, but he was kind of given a hodgepodge of pieces from the old Michigan style to this new upbeat pace, throw the ball, you know, spread offense that was taking over in the early 2000s. And so as I look at, at how far Harbaugh has come with this program, it truly is amazing. Uh, getting them back to relevance, getting them back. Uh, there's been a lot of haters on Harbaugh. I, I never really understood it. I never really knew why there would be hate on his end. I think he's a phenomenal coach. And I think it just took him time to not only get the right players, the right pieces, the right coordinators, all in the in the, in the correct spots, uh, but then he had to instill the culture. Uh, you, had to, you had to build from the ground up. There's a great book, um, a great business book. It's called Good to Great. And in the book, it talks about that the enemy of good is, or the enemy of great is good. Um, if you're satisfied with being good, then you're never going to be great because you're satisfied with, with what you got there. But it takes very special uh, people to, to rise above the good level. And in the book, it talks about um, getting on the bus. And it talks about that each spot of the bus, there are certain um, people that need to be on that bus, whether that be in business for a business sense, marketing, accounting, sales, so on and so forth. Uh, within the within the within a company and i look at it as the same as as a a football team the the enemy of of great is really good if you can say well that was a good year um minnesota that was a good year you're gonna be satisfied even 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 illinois that was a good year for illinois you know now if they're satisfied with going the same same record over and over, eight and four, seven and five, then you're only going to be good, and you're never going to rise to that great level. But part of it is getting the part of it in in the book is talking about putting the right pieces in 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 there. And and Jim Harbaugh has done just that at, at Michigan. It took some time, right? Shea Patterson. Uh, then we found Kane McNamara, and then J.J. McCarthy. It took time, and it took a lot of patience and methodical planning and looking at the big picture by Jim Harbaugh in order to, to, to get back, you know, to get back to Michigan level of prominence. Now, a lot of people are talking about he might leave for the NFL. Good. I hope he wins a national championship. I really do. I think it'd be awesome to see Michigan raise one. Um, I've never seen it in my lifetime, haven't been around for that. So I think it'd be awesome to, to, to raise that banner, uh, to get that trophy. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be kind of a head-to-head between TCU or and, uh, sorry, Michigan and, and Georgia. Uh, TCU, Ohio State, I don't think win. Uh, but we'll get into the bowl games later. But congratulations to them. And as far as Purdue, you can hang your hat on. I believe it, they said that was the first, uh, you know, Know, Big Ten title game, which of course it's mainly been oh, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, Northwestern there. Uh, so that was a big step for Jeff Brom and his program. But as I kind of said in the in the opening, I never feel as though there's there's always something missing with Purdue, and 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 it always is is a form of excuse. Oh, there were injuries. Okay, always didn't have as many star players. Oh, it was the coaching in the fourth quarter. There just never feels like there's something right. It's like it's there. But it's not like it, it, they would they would explode, but 
it just never feels like 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 they're a hundred percent. Always feels like they're playing with you know one arm tied behind their back, and it, it kind of showed. They came out, they played tough, uh, but they're just unable to keep up with the physicality uh, of, of Michigan on both ends of the of the football. That was kind of my assessment. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty uh, unless you guys want to want me to drop me a line on Twitter. Uh, you know, respond whatever you got to do. Let me know what you think, and we'll get into the nitty gritty. Uh, but as for as for me, it was about what I expected. So I guess we can talk about kind of transitioning. Is is we did get two teams in the playoff, right? Uh, the aforementioned playoff. Michigan will be taking on TCU. Georgia will take be taking on Ohio State. It's awesome that both teams get in. Uh, I guess my only thought in in and I share a lot of the similar thoughts uh, with you guys uh, that a lot of people have tweeted me have have reached out to me. Uh, through a, through a lot of different ways, and again, follow us at Big Ten Pod. Uh, but they ask, they say, Tyler, you know, is it fair that a that a conference champion or that you know someone gets into the playoff not playing in the conference championship? And I'm going to go back to what is the purpose of the committee? Okay, what is the purpose of the four team playoff? It's to put the four best teams out there on the field at this current point in the season. Who has the best resume? Who is the best team? And I think they didn't want to break precedent here. They want, or I guess not break precedent. They want to set precedent. They already have a precedent that Ohio State can get in, and they'll make excuses for them. Um, so that we're we're used to that them getting in at number four. But here we go. Here here's here's my thought. Sorry, Ohio State fans took us straight from. Yeah, that was that was uncalled for. I apologize. But no, really, there's there's precedent. So SEC champion in Big Ten champion in awesome. Now they say, well, well, you you shouldn't be punished for playing in your in in, in your championship game. TCU gets in. Okay, fine. I, I'm fine. I genuinely am okay with TCU. Uh, I think they've played well. I don't know if they're the best. I think there's an argument to be made with Alabama. I think there's an argument to be made with USC. Uh, but I think as the committee's looking, they're saying okay. Tennessee beat beat Alabama head to head. They 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 got them. Tennessee beat LSU, right? Um, I believe they did. I don't follow the SEC as much as I should, but regardless, ten and two, Tennessee Volunteers. Hendon Hooker's out, so I honestly think they said we can't put Tennessee in, we can't put Alabama in, because everyone's going to freak out saying, well, they won head to head. What are we doing? Because People can't hold two thoughts in their mind. They can't say we want the four best teams and then realize that Tennessee at that point in the season was phenomenal. Beat Alabama at home. Great victory. Phenomenal victory. But right now, they're not one of the four best teams out there. And so I think that eliminated Alabama and Tennessee right off the board with the Hendon Hooker injury. I really do. So then you go to the next level of people well, you've got Ohio State and USC. Those were the next two to debate. If we were to debate, those would be the next two teams you debate. And of course, TCU's in the mix. You're like, well, at least TCU played into the title game. We're going, we're going to justify that. We'll put them in. Okay, yeah, we're good. And then they're sitting around the table. They're looking at the four teams left, and they go, okay, well, we have a, a ten and two, or whatever, eleven and two, USC team. We have an eleven and one Ohio State team, and. Despite the regular season, USC lost to Utah by just one point in Salt Lake City. And for those of you who are, un- are unfamiliar with Salt Lake and the University of Utah, they play phenomenal at home. 
it is a ruckus atmosphere. The Pac-12 gets a lot of crap for not being good college football. When Rice-Eccles Stadium is sold out, it is, sits right next to the mountain in Salt Lake. It is loud, and Utah fans genuinely care. They, they really do. Growing up watching them my entire life, the University of Utah cares. So for them to lose at home, at altitude, in the cold, in an insane environment, by one point, hey, I'll give it to you. But I think they came down, they looked at it, they said, Caleb Williams is hurt. And Werner's not going to put him in. I think it came down to that, and they said, let's look at Lincoln Riley's resume. Has Oklahoma really done anything that we've been impressed with? And he has Caleb Williams, kind of a thrown-together offense. I mean, it's good. They, they played well in the Pac-12. But are we really going to put them in? I say no. And so that is why I think they decided to go with Ohio State. Now, Ohio State fans, that should not diminish the accomplishments of this team because the most recent time, the most recent memory we have is your team getting absolutely beaten down at home and that team being your rival or the team up north, as, as, as Ohio State fans claim. You got lucky, and, but I would not count Ohio State out. There, like in, there's been precedent for this of a team being very co overly confident and them going out and getting the win. I think if you give Ryan Day time to, to get ready for it, I think it's going to be close. I think that the Georgia-Ohio State game is one of the most fun bowl games that I've seen out there. I think Georgia's more physical. I think it's going to be similar to the Michigan game where Ohio State could even be leading at half. And I think, really, Georgia's going to, just going to out-physical them. And they're going to put pressure on Stroud, and ultimately Georgia will win. We're going to monitor who is going to be playing in, in the games, if anybody's going to be hitting the transfer portal, etc. Or the NFL draft, for example, Jackson Smith and Jigba just came out and said, hey, I'm not going to be playing in the title game. I'm going to be preparing for the NFL draft, so we'll kind of keep an eye on that. And that might spurn some of our predictions as we go forward. And so... That's kind of my thought. I think Michigan's going to out-physical TCU. I think TCU deserves to be there, having only lost one game in the title game against a team you played again. Uh, but I personally think that Michigan is, is really, them and, and Georgia are the best. I've said all along, I thought Ohio State definitely deserved to be there. They were the third best team in college football that I had seen all year. Uh Right, we got to give it give give dues where dues are, are are due, and so TC, you got it. I think we're we're setting up for a phenomenal bowl season. So I want to roll read through the bowl games, and then I want to kind of finish off with a transfer portal thought, and then kind of what to expect from us from the week ahead. So, uh, so we have the first game up. We have the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, this is going to be between Oklahoma State and Wisconsin. Uh, that will be played on Tuesday, to December twenty seventh. Uh, we had Minnesota. They got into the pinstripe bowl. And they will be playing Thursday, December 29th against the Syracuse Orange. Should be a great game there. Uh, NC State taking on Maryland in the Dukes Mayo Bowl uh, on Friday, December 30th. Should be a, uh, a cold game. I believe that Mayo Bowl is played... Um, I remember last year, I believe it was was uh, Beamer, Shane Beamer of, 
of South Carolina was in that game where they dumped Mayo on them. Uh, looked really cold when they are there. Should be interesting to see Maryland and how they can go up against the number 23 team in the nation. Uh, we have three games on the 31st, which is Kentucky and Iowa in the Music City Bowl. In the Fiesta Bowl, you have Michigan and TCU. And in the Peach Bowl, you have Georgia taking on Ohio State. On January 2nd, no games on January 1st, New Year's, right? That's a Sunday. On Monday, January 2nd, you've got the ReliaQuest Bowl between Illinois and Mississippi State. I think that is my favorite bowl of, honestly, could be of the bowl season. I really like that game. Very interesting matchup. Very different philosophies going into that game. I'm excited to watch that one. Uh, Purdue taking on LSU in the Citrus Bowl. And then Utah taking on Penn State in the Rose Bowl. And then, of course, if uh, Ohio State or Michigan win, we'll, we, they would be in the national championship a little bit later in January. So uh, we'll be breaking all of those downs. Uh, obviously, there's lines. Lines have came out for the bowl games. Uh, I think as far as I, we'll, we'll go over our schedule here and then we'll finish up. Uh, with it being on the 27th, we'd probably, we'll probably release one um, around uh, a, a couple days before, maybe the 21st or so for uh, that week up until uh, we'll probably release our predictions for the entire bowl season just to give you guys a sense of, of betting lines and stuff like that. Obviously, they're subject to change. Uh, we want to continue to monitor that. Uh, and and then uh, we'll so we'll be kind of doing that, do it in a more in depth preview than on this uh, podcast. And then as far as that goes, if they make it to the national championship, have a national championship preview, and uh, we'll be going crazy. And then what I want to do is I also want to kind of stay connected with you guys. Uh, of course, we have the the NFL draft coming uh, coming up uh, that people will be preparing to. We'll be watching uh, what each team does. We'll be monitoring uh, what they're able to, what they're capable of doing at the NFL Com. We'll be following the recruiting and the transfer portal as well. Uh, with this being a, a conference podcast, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines coming out. Uh, obviously, spring ball and stuff. Uh, I'm hoping to to maybe not do one every you know every week, but hopefully once a month uh, just to stay connected with you guys. Because uh, like it or not, football is now a year-round sport. So uh, the final thing I had, and and I do want to do a couple of deep dives also in the off season about some of these. Pre- topics obviously a 12 team playoff what would that look like how would we determine that what kind of rules will we need um etc there and then i also want to uh, take a brief moment just because the transfer portal uh, is heating up i believe they said over a thousand players have entered their name in the transfer portal since uh what was it like sunday night or saturday night since the end of the season basically uh we already see one caden mcnamara going to uh going to Iowa, leaving Michigan, going to Iowa. And uh, I, I want to follow these a little bit closer just to kind of give you guys a sense. A lot of people out there, you're going to hear a lot of opinions. Um, in my opinion, the boomers are going to yell about the, the purity of the sport and not allowing people to move, so on and so forth. And I, I have a lot of thoughts on the transfer portal, but my, my main thought is... Put yourselves in the shoes of the kid. Now, just put yourselves in the shoes. And as I, as I explain this, you're going to see and it's going to make a little bit of sense. Most adults listening to this podcast, if you know, you're you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, so on and so forth, right? All the way up. Oldest person listening out there, 108. Just kidding. Hope you are. Hope you are out there listening to us. But uh, 
we are looking through the college transfer portal with rose-colored lenses, number one. We're going to say, I remember when I was in college, A, or I remember when B, I remember when college was A, B, C, or D, and I remember when all of these other things, right? Times have changed. Not only has times changed as far as NIL, time has changed for the sport in general. Coaches have less of a leash. They have less time to get things going. You look, uh, Seth Luttrell just got fired out of North Texas. He, I believe he's the winningest coach in program history or something crazy like that or the most bull wins or whatever. He got fired. The, the coaches have a shorter leash. They're, they're supposed to accomplish more in that time. And they have to juggle way more now because it is a 12-month sport as far as recruiting, transfer portal, yada, 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 right? Preparing your kids for the NFL draft. And so when I see a kid enter the transfer portal, of course, it's hilarious to read, you know, all the reasonings, why I'm going to be committing or why I'm being submitted to the transfer portal. But when they're watching on Sunday, you know, a, a Patrick Mahomes get a contract for like $250 million, you don't think that they're going to do everything in their power to get on a team where they feel like they can make those plays. They feel in order to get to the NFL, in order to get to that high level of football, you've got to feel like you are the best in the world. And maybe, and most people aren't. Most are not going to be Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. Most people aren't ever going to reach that height. Devontae Adams, Je uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. They're not going to get to that point in their lives. But they're going to believe it. And I think they're, they're taking the steps necessary in order to achieve it. Now you're going to say, well, the boomers, the older generation, these kids are soft. It's not that they're soft or that they don't want to be coached hard. I think part of it is. Part of it, they don't want to be yelled at. I'll just go find somewhere else to play. But part of it is finding the most healthy option for them. I think a lot of times in the, in, in the later years, people suppressed emotions and just decided to deal with it instead of expressing themselves. They're, they're finding more of a voice. They're finding NIL money. That might be some of it. I don't think they're being recruited for NIL money, but if you see a guy getting you know a couple million dollars, that's life-changing. I even think in my life right now, if I got, if I got just $10,000, how big of a difference that would make in my family's life. Just like that, you know, just $10,000, just bam, here you go, ten grand, amazing. Could be life-changing for someone. So going out and chasing and doing what's best for you, I'll never fault a kid. Now, there's going to be bad decisions made. I, I like to liken it to uh, Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors. That was a bad decision, and it should not have been made. It was based on emotions. We don't know these kids unless they come out and say, I transferred because of X, Y, and Z. Then you can kind of be tough on them. But for the most part, they're tracing their dream of being a college football player, chasing their dream of becoming an NFL player. Most won't realize that dream. So if they want to leave Nebraska and they want to go to UAB, no fault on them. Let them do it. Let them build that. And it adds a whole different element to the game. It allows teams to not be down for long, i.e. USC. I love it. But I think putting yourself in the kids' shoes and as you know, rose-colored glasses looking back at it, and then being adults for the most part, everyone listening to this podcast is adults, your gray matter in your brain has been set. You know how to make tough life decisions. You've been there before. And when these kids are faced with adversity, some of them have never gone through it. And so remember back when you were 18, 19, 20, and if you could have a couple million dollars to leave your alma mater, would you have done it? 
So just keep that in mind as we go forward with the transfer portal. I want to be do a deep dive into it, maybe even like a, a long form, uh, a long form with with a couple of interviews uh, as my thoughts. Really, just just get it out there. Do a kind of a big transfer uh, podcast series is kind of what I'm uh, I'm anticipating in the off season. I've got a lot of ideas for that, um, along with uh, some other fun ones. Hoping to reach out to some guests, have them on the podcast. Obviously, uh, we have a couple of friends uh, in the programs, Illinois, Michigan, uh, Minnesota. And so hopefully we can bring them on, uh, talk to them, maybe get some of the reporters that cover these teams as well. And and just kind of dive deep, really, really provide some of those those uh, opportunities that we don't have during the, the regular season. So uh, be looking for that podcast. The best way to find out uh, what we're doing and, and, and all, when all the podcasts come out is uh, hitting that subscribe button. Let us know how we're doing at Big Ten Pod. Follow us on Twitter. We're continuing to grow. Um, I know, uh, you know, this has been a, just our first season, first go around. We have grown exponentially. I never thought we would be where we're at. Uh, we're going to continue to provide you the entertainment side of sports, along with a little bit of betting. Get our takes on it. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Congratulations to the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines for making it to the college football playoff. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks as we break down those bowl games. Stay tuned.